0: we are live hey guys welcome to the cheyenne show let's get into the show for today we're going to talk about a couple of different things that are going on in the world some crazy things and uh, let's not waste any time let's get into it the cheyenne show. so today uh i was I, I was looking up some stories uh on instagram and on facebook and on bloomberg and there's one that really caught my eye um and it, it was called the $400 million Ponzi scheme that suckered San Diego. And I was like, what is this? Because I looked at the cover, and it looked like almost like a Tiger King-esque type of uh, article. And it had this lady with all this flamboyant jewelry and nice clothes. And I thought that this looks interesting. So I took a read on the article, and it was pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy that... You know, um, someone with high like status can easily be, you know, the next first day, they look really great. Everybody thinks they're amazing and uh, they're, you know, a high profile business person. And then the next day, it's like, it's all gone. You're, you're going to jail, you know, and everyone learns, oh, this person's a fraud. This person's a fake. So that's what happened within the story, the $400 million uh, Ponzi scheme that suckered San Diego. Basically, the story starts off with the main character, Gina Champion Kane. All right, Gina Champion Kane is the biggest female Ponzi schemer in the history of any female Ponzi schemer. Um, when you think of Ponzi schemes, uh, you think of Bernie Madoff, uh, the guy who you know everybody knows from a couple of years ago, who ripped everyone off, got away with it, and. Um, you know, it's traditionally a male-oriented uh, type of uh, field, I guess you could say. Us men, you know, sometimes we, we uh, not all of us, but I mean, unfortunately, we tend to go more into the, the scheming area. But in this case, it's a, it's a female. So congratulations on females for having their uh, first Ponzi schemer. That Actually, I don't know if it's the first, but it's the biggest in history. So congratulations. So Gina champion Cain rose to the ranks of the, um, elite in San Diego by becoming very big in real estate. Um, she really, she started her own business called the American national investment, where she would take investments from people who had high profile, uh, big portfolios and, you know, she was taken very seriously. She was beautiful. She had, uh, she's brunette hair and she hung out with the big boys. She, she smoked cigars. And uh, she was one of those ladies that knew how to really take care of herself. She's a tough, tough gal. And so, you know, coming from this background, haven't been in magazine covers of San Diego where it's like, who owns downtown real estate? And it's a picture of her and this older guy. It's like, oh, this this lady, you know, she's she's really made it. She's done it for herself. She's living the American dream. She is um, up there, she, she owns property all that but it seemed as though something was a little off from the beginning because people were pointing out that she had properties but it was small small stakes and small properties so the magazines and everything you know they like to spruce it up just maybe because she was a female and it's traditionally not a female industry which is okay but uh it made her look like a major figure in downtown real estate within San. Diego, it it made her, they fluffed her up a little bit more than what she was. That's not to take away credit. She probably was a very hard worker because she opened up her own Airbnbs uh, on the beach. And these Airbnbs were pet friendly. Okay. So, I mean, that's, uh, she she loved, that was kind of the thing. It was the pet friendly Airbnbs. You could bring your dog. It could pee on the couch. It could poo on the table. It doesn't matter. She's going to let you in. And I mean, probably not the best idea to have pets coming in, but that's okay. That's her. That's her decision. Um, And so that's what happened: is restaurants. She opened up patios. She had everything going for her. But being in the restaurant industry, she saw that it was very hard to get your liquor license, and that was kind of something that people didn't have a lot of capital for. People didn't have uh, enough money to get started into getting their liquor license. And she said, okay, this could be a great investment opportunity. Having all her big boyfriends uh, in, within San Diego, the San Diego elite, you could call them, uh, who had a lot of money uh, and wanted to make money. She said, how about you guys give me you know, some money and I could start a company where we uh, loan money out to people who wanna get these liquor licenses and we'll have high interest, but short-term loans. Okay. Because she learned that it was hard to get capital to actually get one of these liquor licenses. So what happened was she had a lot of connections with big money and you know, these investments that she was, she was taking were 15% return within six months. So that's a pretty sweet deal. You know, you only hear about that like 15% uh within a year with stocks most of them i mean even now right now the market is pretty bad 15 within six months bro that's like 30 percent a year that's amazing that's a great deal you got to take it so a lot of these people they already trusted her they said gina we love you take our money go make us more money and gina's like no problem we'll do and gina i don't know if she's italian but that's a pretty italian name she's like hey just give me your money you know what i'm gonna make your money back don't worry about it uh so that's what happened she was taking money and what these loans were, were set out to do was to, you know, give out these people who the applicants for liquor license, um, it was to give them money. And so they could say, so they could have enough money to uh, get their license and come out, you know, they, they'll pay interest, but at least they get their liquor license. And the early investors were really making a lot of money. And I mean, the, the way it worked was, these, these agreements were called escrow agreements, where two parties, a buyer and a seller, um, in this case, the seller is, the, is the, the people who are giving out the money, the loan, and then the buyer, the person who is getting the application, uh, they have to come to a mutual agreement, um, which is the escrow, and they have to complete uh, um, a certain amount of conditions before the money, which goes into the escrow, think of the escrow as like a little box, okay? And you put the money in the escrow and it's locked there and no one could get the money or like, you, the guy can't get paid unless the agreements, the conditions within the escrow are finished. And that's managed by a third party who comes and looks at it, Saul Goodman, whatever. He says, okay, okay, you both did this, you both did that. All right, the money can go, go into the account now. Escrow is done. So that's what an escrow is. So basically that was the business was giving out these escrows for the liquor license um, within the loans. And so, you know, the early investors were making a lot of money and it it looked like the best idea in the world. However, the truth was that getting your liquor license only requires you to pay 5% of the escrow and only come up with the full amount once you have your full liquor license or your restaurant pops up. So the truth is you didn't even have to It didn't take a lot of money to um, put up the money for liquor license. You only have to pay 5%. So this business idea that she came up with was not actually true. People did it. There was no demand for this. They they didn't even make any loans. Okay. So that's where the Ponzi scheme comes in. This is where Gina, being the Italian that she is, is doing some crime. I'm just kidding. Uh, Nothing against Italians. But, you know, Italians... you watch the American gangster movies like, Hey, Oh, you never know what you never know what's going to happen with these guys. Um, so, and I don't even know if she's actually Italian. So <laughs> that's all a joke, but basically a lot of the, the first investors were making a lot of money. And, and so this caught the attention of some big hedge funds and some investment companies. They said, listen, we're going to give you a Gina, we're going to give you a hundred million dollars. Okay. But we want to do our due diligence. She's like, Oh. Fuck, you know, because this whole thing's a scam. This whole operation is bullshit. So, what happens is they get an expert to come in to look into the company. The guy sees that the loan program was not funding any liquor licenses, it was all a bunch of bullshit. It was a Ponzi scheme. So, what this guy does, he sees that Gina was actually forging signatures of escrow companies and the escrow officers in fabricated agreements. What escrow companies are, I described to you what an escrow is earlier. basically, um, an escrow company is the, the, the firm that kind of like does the agreements, the, the third party that um, sees that if the conditions were met by both parties um, because there's there's three, there's three individuals involved, the buyer, the seller and the escrow uh, people that you know sign the paper off. So that is what happened. And, you know, it came out that she was a scammer, and she had taken $400 million, okay? $400 million away from all these investors. I mean, most people lost a lot of money. And so, the, the, uh, it, it, none of it was legit, okay? Gina took all that money away, and she used these signatures, and... Uh, it was all a big joke. And the reason how, why people trusted her so much was obviously, first, her her high profile. Secondly, it was also uh, the escrow company that was backing her. Their, their legitimate company called the Chicago Title. I don't know why anyone would trust a company called Chicago Title, seeing how much of a mess uh, Chicago is right now with Lori Lightfoot. I mean, she was probably the CEO. I don't know. But it was uh, people trusted it because it was a legitimate escrow company. Um, so they, 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 she had managed to finesse the Chicago title by giving gifts and, you know, nice little gifts to the people who worked there, the officers. And so they didn't, they kind of turned a blind eye because they're getting baseball tickets. They're getting free money. They're getting free uh, lunches, free restaurant, whatever. Cause she owned a, a bunch of restaurants and, uh, bribery is basically what happened. And, you know, it all came out. And now the Ponzi queen is in jail. She's serving 15 years. She lost all her businesses, everything. Now, I mean, when you think of this story, it's like almost like the American success story, but at the same time, it's like not because you know she 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 was caught. So it's only a crime if you get caught. And I mean, it's unfortunate, but that's the way she goes. It's the way she goes, Gina, Gina, the Italian. Uh, ponzi schemer that's what it is i'm just kidding she wasn't italian but anyways that so that's what happened and i mean you know hopefully hopefully that's a lesson to people who you know do, do the crime and when you look at the uh the um court footage she's talking about it like she's like yeah i was happy i was making money for everybody you know so uh, i i did i kind of got lost into the process and you kind of see that she's a normal human being you know obviously a very hard worker obviously very charismatic obviously very charming um but people like to make other people happy and sometimes when you make a lot of money for people you you don't really care about the morality or the ethics behind uh how that money is made whether it be legal or not legal it's just that moment that satisfaction that window between you getting that deal done or you know forging that deal because no deals were actually done and your investors getting that money or you making that money that's That's the beauty of it. It's a high. It's a high that you can't escape. And, uh, I mean, Gina, she was caught in the high. So what can you say? I mean, Gina, she was just, she's just, uh, she's making money. What do you want from Gina? Hmm? That's what it is. But anyways, enough with this story, we're going to move on to some other stories uh, with Tesla, what's going on with Tesla and Twitter. Um, it's pretty funny because Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter. He left in 2021. So last year, and he hasn't been, the reason why he left is because he doesn't really agree with uh, some of the decisions that the board of directors have been taking. And he, he's been pretty vocal about it on Twitter. He's moved on to like some Bitcoin uh, company or like he really believes in Bitcoin now. But anyways, so Jack Dorsey goes on Twitter and he says, look how they massacred my boy look how they massacred my boy. It's a godfather reference. It's because after uh, Michael, uh, Vito Corleone, his son gets killed. um, He says, look how they massacred my boy. So in this instance, uh, his boy is Twitter. And he was, you know, he made the comments in response to a CNBC journalist um, on Twitter, when he was asked if he thought the board of directors, uh, what what was going on if you thought that it, it was so dysfunctional and it kept the company from being great and why he didn't do anything about it when he ran the company for all those years. And he responded with, there's so much to say, but nothing that can be said. And, you know, Dorsey had said that Twitter's board had been the dysfunction of the company, which is what Elon Musk is dealing with right now. Um, so, I mean since Elon Musk raised a really good point. He said since Jack Dorsey left the company and, you know, he doesn't really uh, quitting the company, the board of directors at the company collectively own almost no shares. So Elon is, you know, he's making a good point here. And I mean, he said that if his bid to take over, um, if he said that, um, Basically, on Monday, Musk took aim at Twitter directors and said if his bid takeover, Twitter succeeds, then the board salary would be zero dollars. And that would result in three million per share, uh, three million per year being saved. So basically, he wants to say that he he wouldn't pay them and, uh, you know, three million dollars would be saved because I guess that's how much they're making. So, I mean, this all comes after Twitter... Has said that they want to do this poison pill which what it is is an unsolicited takeover of the company by elon musk and this poison pill is designed to kind of prevent elon from you know getting more power in the company and i mean i don't know how it's working i don't know how what's going on but it seems that the polls are coming out and more people are in favor of elon musk buying twitter than not Uh, a poll on twitter that was by Bitcoin. Archer found that 73% of people supported uh, the Tesla founder to buy the company. Um, So, I mean, that's people like Elon, people like him, people, they don't like the censorship that's going on. They want to have freedom of speech. You know, they, they want to feel like Twitter is a safe space for everybody, not just the people that claim that they want it to be a safe space for them, which means to ban everybody. That's, the people who want to save space, they want to ban everybody. But the people who actually want a a good space is the people who don't want to get banned. But, you know, it's hard to fight off misinformation and Twitter. Obviously, you know, that's what they're kind of dealing with. Um, But I mean, I've always said that it's better to let misinformation be on Twitter so that the good ideas could beat up the bad ideas. And, you know, you'll, you'll see uh, the weaknesses within those uh, bad ideas, the misinformation and, I'll be on full public display because if you, if you allow, um, if you censor misinformation, then you show the vulnerability in your company. You show the insecurity that your company has, and more people are attracted to go see what it is that you're censoring, what it is that you're banning, because um, you know it shows that you're trying to hide something. And in this case, you're trying to hide misinformation. Sure, you're hiding it because you want your platform to be clean. You want it to be a place where people can get information that's reliable sure but that's uh it show it it almost makes you, it discredits yourself a little bit because it's like we don't want we don't want this information to be here maybe because it's true and i'm not saying misinformation is true i'm just saying sometimes you know like dr robert malone the guy who made the mrna vaccine he made some comments on twitter boom got banned you know and i mean listen I, i'm pretty sure that that guy probably has more credibility than the people who are censoring him on Twitter. I mean, you know, about whatever comment he was making vaccine related or, you know, based on the pandemic, because this fucking guy, man, he he's been in the game. He he's been, you know, 30, 40 years. He's been a doctor. He's, he made the, the, the technology within the vaccine. And then all of a sudden, bada bing, bada boom, they ban him. So I don't know. I mean, that's, that's, That's what happened. And I mean, so 73% of people supported Tesla and you know, Elon Musk, he he saw the poll, he said, thank you for the support. He was happy about it. But then people are starting to criticize him. They're saying, why the fuck do you want to buy Twitter? Why don't you try to uh, fight world hunger or build shelters for homeless people? Like, listen, that's a good point. That is a good point. I'm not going to discredit that point, but the man wants to do what he wants with his money. Okay, you can't tell people what to do with their money. Okay, you could only tell them to do to what they could do with their money if they're if they're harming someone with it. If they, you know, if you're funding some sort of terrorist organization, then fine. Then you know something has to be said. But I mean, those are just opinions. Why don't you you know fund shelters and world hunger than Twitter buying Twitter? It's like yes, you could do that, but at the same time, you know, it's not like you shouldn't try to take away from what he's trying to do he's trying to bring freedom of speech he's trying to open the doors to a a better twitter like why is that a bad thing you know all these people like please if you had that money you would you would solve world hunger give me a break you're not gonna do that you're not gonna you can't just solve world hunger you know sure you could build shelters for homeless people and you know fund that stuff but it's not like Elon's going to snap his fingers and then it's going to go away. You know, even if he does, they're still going to say, that's not enough. That's not enough. We want more. But, uh, so, you know, that's just the way it is in the, in, the with, with what's going on. And, you know, that's, I, I don't know. I think that Elon should be able to do what he wants with his money. But aside from that, enough with the world news, you know, um, Last week I filmed a commercial uh, for a casino and that was really fun. I, I had a great time. Um, you know, it was, I got to wear a nice suit and I'm pretty excited. It's going to come out in Quebec and uh, it, it's, um, it's something I'm looking forward to. And uh, yeah, man, it's, it, it's, it was a good time. I had a great time. I felt like ever since I was a kid, you know, I love the movie casino. I like, you uh, Robert De Niro like going around he said hey get your fucking feet off the table you know I, I just love that you know that vibe but gambling itself I'm not you know I'm not really into it I like to play poker sometimes with my friends um but you know that's that's uh that's about it I don't really get into it too much but um, yeah so that's that's that, I'm, I'm pretty excited for that watch out for that it's gonna come out hmm but anyways, let's get into this now. Stream Media, Stream Studio is the perfect platform to host your podcast on. It only takes 30 seconds to go on to streamstudio.com and you all you have to do is enter your email address, which then you'll get a code to, to log in and bada bing, bada boom, you have a podcast. You can start your own podcast. All you need to do is go on to Stream Studio and to do that 30 second process. It's so easy. I tell people, if you're such an interesting person, you know, a lot of people are interesting. You listening right now, you're probably interesting. So it doesn't take too much effort. All you got to do is look up Stream Studio. You know, it takes 30 seconds. You put it in your email and then you'll get a code. You put that code in and then you can start your own podcast. How easy is that? I'm sure people want to listen to you. I'm sure you could be a grandma. You could be a uh, and a teacher, you could be whatever. You don't have to be tech savvy. I'm not tech savvy. This is the easiest thing I've, you know, in the world. The only hard part is kind of talking about content. Um, but you know, that, that'll that come along. That'll come along. I'm still getting better at it. You'll probably get better at it faster than I am because you're better than me. I'm just kidding. You're not. Um, I don't know. Maybe you are. But anyways, no one's better than anybody. We're all the same. So go on to streamstudio.com. And use the promo code Cheyenne Amiri, S-H-A-Y-A-N-A-M-I-R-I, Cheyenne Amiri. Use that promo code and you can get a nice, sweet deal and you'll be able to access Stream Studio today. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast for today. Um, I'm going to be releasing a podcast uh, with a an interview podcast with a friend of mine, who has his own clothing company called one-off one-off and it was a pretty good conversation we had a lot of fun um unfortunately not everything recorded it was almost like an hour long and it was recorded uh with two different cameras and two different mics you know because we each had a mic up to our face but fucking you know what happened i uh i was a one-man show and you know i you know, technical difficulties arise. So it didn't record on anything except my iPhone. And it only recorded for 38 minutes, but we got all the good stuff. We got all the good stuff. And I mean, the audio is not too bad. I'm going to release it as an episode, probably this later this week, or, uh, you know, early next week, and you'll get a chance to listen to that. It's super cool, super informative. You know, if you want to learn how um, to start your own clothing company and, how the hype game works, or whatever. This guy is at it. He's he's dealt with the Nelk Boys. He's dealt with uh, uh, fucking Travis Scott too. Uh, I know that guy's a little bit shadow banned now, but who cares? He they dealt with a lot of people. So the point is, this is gonna be great. It's called his name's William Lazary, and it's gonna be on next week. We're gonna I'm gonna be premiering it for the first time, and I'm pretty excited about it. I think you guys are gonna enjoy it. and You could probably take away a couple things from there. Um, I, it's just sad because it, he had a lot of things to say about Los Angeles and stuff. And I'm going on the trip, uh, next, I mean, this Friday, I'm going to LA in California and it's going to be a pretty, pretty cr- crazy trip, but, uh, he telling me how he went to the desert and, you know, um, you know, they, they, they try to give, uh, Travis Scott his hat. And there's a lot of crazy stories there that I'm pissed that we can't get to you, but you know, we got the good stuff about the company his company. So, um, you know, they did a ton of crazy things. They put like a, uh, one of their, their shirts on the, the bull within Manhattan, you know, the Manhattan, the wall street, the, the big bull there. And, uh, they're, they're pretty, they're marketing geniuses. And I, I think they're gonna, you know, they're definitely gonna, they're gonna go far. So yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a good time that, that we did there. We, the, that podcast is going to be cool. And for LA, for Los Angeles, I'm going to be going to, um, staying with my friend, William Rossi. I know all the Williams here, right? That's a little crazy, but William Rossi, basically he, uh, he's a content creator. He has a health and wellness content, um, uh, YouTube channel and he has over 15,000 subscribers. He has almost like 300 K on one of his videos, a couple of his videos. He, he, he's doing really well. He's really serious about it. And, uh, the message behind his company, it's called Sprout sprout uh it's basically to grow and to become a better person and to do things that you're scared of doing and um you know he's a super bright guy smart guy and i'm excited to meet up with him and make some content and we're gonna have him on the podcast right after i release the uh the last one that one's gonna be live it's gonna be don't worry we're gonna do it on stream studio the point of the story is use stream studio because I didn't use stream studio for the podcast with, uh, w- uh, w- uh with one off with William Lazary and I got fucked. I, I swear I could is like, it's, it, it helps you. It- it's there. It's recording. It's live. You never know with just turning on your iPhone camera or just, you know, recording on logic or whatever. So I'm never, ever, 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 ever going to use logic or anything like that again for a podcast. No way. Once you go stream, you can't go back. You know, once you go stream studio, you can't go back. But we're going to have him uh, next Monday, I believe. And that's going to be very exciting because he's going to share some of his insights. He's been living in Vancouver. He's traveled across all of Canada. So if you go on YouTube, look up Sprout, you'll see all his videos. He does videos about, you know, Newfoundland. He does videos, Calgary, whatever. And like he shows off. things that we don't really see because we always hear about these mega metropolitan cities in canada like toronto vancouver he has a ton of content in vancouver um but you know you don't really hear about outside of canada and i mean there's there's a ton of nature and wondrous beautiful things there that uh that that should be really uh looked into i mean we're all i mean most people here listening are probably canadian um so i mean check his channel out sprout i'm super excited we're gonna we're gonna like you know trying to make some content. I'm not going to share too much because I don't know what's going to happen, but you know, we're going to Venice beach. There's, I feel like you're there and the magic is just going to come on to you. And you know, we have, we have some things planned, but you know, it's better to let you guys see it for yourselves than to talk about it. Um, yeah. And also I, last week I also went on to my friend's podcast, uh, Liam, Liam, he actually works at stream media, his podcast, watch this. It's super great. It's super awesome. It's He's, you know, it's similar to this kind of, but a little more news. Uh He's got a producer and, uh, you know, I I called in as Donald Trump because, you know, I do the impression and it was really fun and funny. You should, you should check it out. You know, I, I call in, I'm like, you know, you look at what's going on with the, the United States is so sad and a lot of people, you know, so. I'm kind of butchering it, but you got to check it out yourself because, um, it's funny when you have another person on the pod, it's, it's really helpful. So I'm going to try to do that more, uh, with the next episodes. But, uh, anyways, aside from that, thank you for joining in for this episode and I hope you have a great day. The Show